Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully B. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And with that, let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I am so excited for my special guest today. Miss Carrie Michelle is back. She is, what What should I call you at this point? What should I, I call you? <laughs> what do you call me? <laughs> the most magical woman in the world. She is such a special person. If you haven't listened to a podcast with Carrie in the past, there are several. Go back and listen to them. But I'm going to actually let you introduce yourself today because I know you've been going through some shifts and changes over the past year or so. Like, what are you passionate about? How would you describe yourself to our listeners? Hmm. I am passionate about a lot of things. But right now, I'm really just dipping all of my being and my essence into is just creating ceremonies of plant medicine. And, and just really supporting people with going inward and doing their, their internal work by using the sacred plant teachers. And that's something that is just so much fun. And I have such a joy being able to create those spaces for people. I also do coaching as well and, uh, and just really support people with more of a somatic practice and style of coaching where we really do a lot of work in the body and, and being with what's what's here now so that they can move through that and really have a healthy, thriving, liberated, joyful, blissful, expansive life. So yeah, yeah. you are one of a kind and just such a, a trusted woman and human and resource. And if you guys are looking for some really deep transformational healing, you can check out all of the things that Carrie has going on. We'll send put all the links and things in the show notes like we usually do. So you can find her because she's not on social media. She is, uh, she doesn't put any or any of her energy out there because she puts it all into the spaces with the people that she serves and, and doesn't let any of that take away from her. So I love that about you. You don't even have like a TV in your house or any tech, do you? Oh, I know. I, I mean, literally my computer, I do have my computer, but yeah, I don't, I don't even listen to the radio. There's like, there's such a, there's such a boundary that I have around what type of programming I bring into, into my field. And so pretty much anything that I, I take in, it's usually something that's going to be beneficial to my expansion and my knowledge and the things that I'm interested in, as far as maybe particular podcasts that I like listening to, AKA this one. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and just, and just really just doing just things that just make me feel happy. Um, I might watch a movie here and there that are, that's fun and makes me laugh. Usually like a Disney movie or something, but overall, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of content that I, that I consume and take in. I like to really just 
uh, allow my system to be exposed to what's here in front of me as far as the relationships and conversations that I have and and then my relationship with spirit and just let let that be an open channel so I just really clear out a lot of noise so that that's not there there's just there's just a clear channel for me to be able to hear my intuition and hear spirit and know what I need to do and where I need to go it's it's truly one thing that I admire so much about you and that I have realized really does allow you to just be available to the things that really, really support and serve you. And I think that's just it's I think it's so unique because most people don't live that tech free in their lives these days in today's society. And it actually feeds into our topic of today in such a beautiful way. When I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, I thought about you right off the bat because you are a woman that has taught me so much about this topic in the way that you have demonstrated it throughout your own personal journey, throughout your own healing and growth, throughout honoring yourself. And so I'm just so grateful that you're here to talk about this because today's topic, you guys, is all about self-love. And I wanted to talk about self-love because depending on when you're listening to this, but we're going to launch this on Valentine's Day, which is a made-up holiday. We all know that, but yet we still allow it to, some people allow it to hold value in their lives and meaning and things like that. And that's okay if that's your jam. But I really wanted to talk about the deeper meaning underneath self-love um, because I know that I have struggled with that. It, it definitely, the lack of self-love that I didn't realize at the ta- time led me through divorce at the end. I mean, there was a long road to getting there, but a lot of it contributed to the lack of self-love and even understanding what that even meant. You know, people talk about all these different things. So we're going to break it down for you guys today and take this in a couple different, really um, hopefully meaningful directions for you. But we're talking all about things, self-love. So no matter where you find yourself today, if you find yourself with a partner or without a partner on your own, it doesn't matter because we're just going to talk about self-love and all that that means. So Let's start, Carrie, with like, maybe you can share a little bit about what self-love means to you. How would you define self-love or what does it mean to you? It's so, so loaded. It is. There's so so many different avenues that you can take with it. But really from my journey and my path of of exploring and going deeper into self-love. Uh, it hasn't been, it hasn't been an easy path. We, we usually think of love as rainbow and sunshine and love is all, uh, when we think of unconditional love, there's, there's no expectation. There's no attachment. There's no need for something or someone to be any different. It's unconditional. There's no condition there. And, and so there's such a, a full radical acceptance of all that you are when you're fully in the space of unconditional love. And so for me, the path that I've been on is this path of, of coming into this place of not only self-love, but unconditional self-love. And I'm not, I'm not there. There really is no actual there. There's always more that we can drop into and we can embody more of that love and that that deeper radical self-acceptance of all that you are because we're all of it. Yeah. We're the darkness, we're the shadow, we're the light, we're the bliss, we're the divineness. We're all of it. 
And when we only focus on the things that we accept of ourselves and that we like see as, oh, I love this about myself, we're actually pinching off ourselves to be able to really, truly expand in the depths of self-love. And so for me, self-love is this ability to be able to accept all of who I am, Mm -hmm. everything, my shame my like my stickiness my my patterns and behaviors that are just like ugh i don't know if i like that about myself and really really dropping deeper into this ability to have this acceptance of all of who i am and so when you can do that that's when you go into the juiciness of of deep radical self love because there's this acceptance of all of who you are and when you have that it's like ah I really love myself, all of me. Yeah. Oh oh my gosh. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I feel like it is, there's, like you said, there's so many layers to this, right? But that acceptance piece is probably one of the top, top elements. And that part itself is not easy. It takes commitment and it takes work and it takes willingness to look at parts of you that maybe haven't been seen before or experienced before. It takes creating intention around how you want to show up and the energy that you want to hold for yourself. I wrote down earlier today, it takes self-nourishment of your needs. Mm -hmm. Like we have all of these deep-rooted needs, uh, just to name a few, like significance, connection, variety, certainty. We have a a lot of needs that can go deeper than that. But just to name a few. And I think that that love for yourself comes from, first of all, noticing your needs, then nourishing your needs. I created a word called noticement, like notice, take notice. And that's the awareness piece that you were talking about. Like, how can you be so aware that when you feel off, there is a place within yourself that is lacking some love. It needs some love. It needs some attention. It needs, I feel like love is like, almost like a big overarching word for so many different things. I feel like it encompasses so many different pieces of like love to me is commitment to yourself. It's like respect for your, for yourself. When we're talking about self-love, it's living out your values, like being connected to all of those things. I feel like it's really like such a bigger concept. Yeah. Oh man. That's, it's so good. Our needs are, we are so worthy of receiving and experiencing our needs being met um, within ourselves and by others. And so, but if you don't even know what your needs are, how can you even start to create the, the boundaries or the ask to be able to allow yourself to start meeting those needs? So there has to be an, a self-exploration and an ability to go into, okay, what are my actual needs? And mm. how, can I start, how can I start giving those to myself or asking for those needs or creating the boundaries so that my needs are met by, by being unavailable for, for this? And there has to be, and uh, there's like, there's so many, once again, there's so many layers to it. So there has to be this level of, I am worthy of my needs, needs being met. Even if it's the tiniest bit, 
It's like you're just just a tiny little like speck of I am worthy to have these needs be met. That's enough because you're going to you're going to start allowing yourself to take sips of of your needs. So you might not feel fully worthy of I am worthy of deep connection and deep support. You might not be able to have access to being to ask for that and to receive that because there's there's a big part of you that doesn't feel worthy to be able to receive all of that. But if there's even just the tiniest little speck, like I'm, I can ask for it here or I can start taking sips of it here, then that's enough. And if you start allowing yourselves to receive it, even in the tiniest little bits, that over time, you will start to allow yourselves to receive more of that. Your your system, your body sometimes needs some, some time to acclimate to having those needs be met because you may have for your whole entire life never allowed yourself to, to receive a certain need. Um, so for me, it, like a big one was being respected and being valued. It was so it's it still is so important to me yes. that I'm respected and I'm valued. Um, my body's valued and respected. My time is valued and respected. Um, like like all the things. And for a long time, I was trying to meet those needs in ways that were really toxic and that never actually like met met it at a at a healthy level. And so I was always it was it was never it was never satisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. So like the relationships that I had with men, I was, I was trying to meet that need in, in ways that were not healthy, um, when I was single and, um, and it never, it never, it was like almost like an addiction. It was like, I was trying to meet the need in a toxic way. And so it never, it never landed and really felt satisfying. And so, um, in that particular case, I, I needed to start meeting that need within myself and stop trying to get it externally. And that was just my specific journey and path is meeting that need of respecting myself and feeling my value within myself because our outward world is a reflection of our inward world. So the fact that I wasn't getting that need met in the way that I, that felt good and felt right for my body, um, it was, it, it was, it was never going to get met because I needed to meet it within myself first. So I was yes. trying to externally and it needed to be done internally. That's not always the case. Sometimes it does need to be an, an, an external, like a relational um, experience of, of asking for our need and having that be met. So it's not, it's not a, this is the only way to do it. There's so many different ways to start yeah. meeting. Um, mm-hmm. but really only, you know, and, and you can start taking just sips of that, just letting your system start to feel like acclimate and get comfortable to receiving that. Cause it could be so new and foreign to your body that you'll actually reject it. Ooh, that's really important to notice that, that piece of it. But one of the things that I was thinking about this morning was that I think it's really important that in the self-love space, we look at ourselves as our number one significant other. Like we look at our own souls as our best partner, as our most intimate opportunity. And and when we can do that and make ourselves our number one significant other, then we don't have to outsource. I think it's ironic that people use the word significant. This is my significant other. And I've I've used that term, but I, I I'm gonna stop using it because what I realized is like all that has meant for me in my past marriage was that I was outsourcing my significance to another rather than making sure that I took enough 
time to self-love myself into full significance that I was available to another as my whole self. And so when I think about that, I think about my maybe high school self or college self even, or maybe even in my 20s self where I don't know if you were ever in the space where you're like, okay, my perfect partner is da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And we have this laundry list of what maybe society has told us or our parents have shown us or, you know, friends really, all these, all these collections of things that aren't even our own that we're like, I'm going to put them on my list because this is what I'm looking for. And I think it's okay to have that vision of like knowing what you think you're trying to attract. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But what I would encourage people to do is to take that list, like write it out. What am I looking for in a significant other, in a partner? And then ask yourself, how am I doing with my list? Do I meet my own criteria? And if not, how can I lean into loving myself more deeply into these areas? hundred percent. That's essential. It, like That has to be a part of it. And when you go that path, it's a win, 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 win all over the place, like all the wins, because um, then you are an embodiment of what you desire. And so you like if you if you're desiring these qualities and these aspects within a partner, there's a reason there's things that you like about that. So if you're embodying it within yourself, there's this deeper self-love within yourself because you're an embodiment of all these qualities that you admire within others and you're walking that. So there's this automatic deeper self-love and respect within yourself when you when you take that uh, ownership of I get to embody this. It's not just my partner is this and I'll be so happy when I can get a partner like this. Um, like, no, this is who I am. And the thing is, is that we are vibrational beings. We are energetic beings and we attract in the vibration that we are emitting, period. So whatever vibration that we are at and frequency and getting a little metaphysical, we're going to attract that to us. And that's what's really cool about this too, so that we get to see, okay, what vibration am I emitting? Because the people, whether it's a lover or a friend or the coworkers are showing me the frequency and vibration that I am because they were, they are a match. I am a match to them. They are a match to me. And so if we want a certain partner, we have to embody that. We have to Mm -hmm. embody and be that frequency and that vibration first. And, and that's what, where people get tripped up. They get so frustrated with that. Oh, I'm, I'm attracting in X, Y, and Z people. And I just can't stand it. And it's like, well, clean up your vibration. And, 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 and that may be create boundaries around, I am unavailable for this type of a person anymore. Yeah. And so what it, what is within me that I get to love on and heal? That doesn't mean that let's say that somebody is, I'm going to use the example of, because we're using disrespect. Let's say somebody's super disrespectful to you. That doesn't necessarily mean that you are a disrespectful person, but it could mean that you have a part within you that believes that you should not be respected and you don't deserve to be respected. Yeah. So with that part, and maybe it's a two-year-old part of you, or maybe it's a, a, you know, when you were four years old, so you know, you don't necessarily have to come up with the story and, oh, this is when I was disrespected. And this is why I now do this. You may have an experience that comes up of, oh yeah, like in my childhood, you know, my parents wouldn't respect me or whatever. 
you know, yeah. and, and you may have that, but you might not. But the fact that you're attracting that in is just showing you there's a part of me that doesn't feel worthy or that I deserve to be respected. So what do I get to do to shift that, create boundaries, first of all, with the people that are disrespectful, stop allowing those people into your life. And that's going to start allowing yourself to feel worthy of being respected because you're creating that boundary. Mm. So there's such a, it's so important that we, that we embody those things that we desire within a partner first, because yeah. then you can't not attract that a partner in period. It doesn't, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, because you are, you are vibrating at that frequency. So you are going to attract in somebody who is similar to that. So then it's not a, there's no looking, it's just a magnetizing. It's just a, it's just a being waiting and to be surprised and delighted of how and when they come in. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about you? You were talking, you and I were talking earlier, and I thought this was so magical. Can you talk a little bit about magnetism versus manifestation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, manifestation is something that people love to get fixated on and focus on. And there's nothing wrong with that because, like you shared, writing out your partner and who you desire to um, attract in is really beautiful because then you're getting clear on what it is that you want. Because if you don't know what you want, how are you ever going to attract? it in because you don't know what you want. So there's, there's so much power in, in getting clear on this is what I desire to manifest, but the manifestation is actually not where the work is. That's like, that's the end result. That's the destination. It's the thing. So we focus on the manifestation, but what we were, we where we would benefit the most is to focus on our vibration, our frequency and our magnetism, because that's what actually brings the manifestation in is the energy of where we are. So when we're, when we are vibrating at a certain frequency, let's just say the frequency of respect and self-love, and we're vibrating at the frequency of play and fun, we're going to magnetize all things that are a vibrational match to that. So if people are, we're going to magnetize people who are respectful, we're going to magnetize people who um, value who we are and, and how we show up. We're going to, if we're, if we're vibrating and magnetizing the energy of play, we're going to, we're going to bring in more playful relationships. So it's really, it's like, what do I want to be? What do I like? What? Okay. This is the manifestation. What do I get to be to magnetize that to me? Mm. And that's where the work is. And so it's, it's about clearing the things that are a repellent of that, mm -hmm. um, clearing all the stories and the beliefs and all of that. And we get to love on it and we get to be with it because you can only clear it by being with it and dropping into it and understanding it, not resisting it, not shaming it, not being frustrated with it. It, it doesn't work that way because it'll just keep it. It actually like feeds it. It actually keeps it there more. And, and then you'll magnetize more of that because it's still here because you're trying to resist it. It's wild. It's wild when we start understanding how this, this 3D world works. When we know the, like the map of the game, then the game changes. Like we're not being played anymore. We're playing the game. Mm. And say that life is sacred. It's really sacred, but we take it way too serious. Yes. Way too serious. 
is one of the greatest diseases within within our human experience is being way too serious. I so, feel like that's uh that's a practice of self-love is to not take yourself so seriously, yes. right? How can you say to yourself and I shared with you earlier that my word for 2023 is lighten up. It's li- it's light, but lighten up, be lighter physically, emotionally, mentally and um it's been really interesting to realize that there's so much around lightening up. And if you cannot take yourself so seriously all the time, you can create room. Cause a lot of times, like you said, like clean it up, clear it out. I call it the shed um, in my sore women's group. It's like the shed is the first part. We have to make space yeah, yeah. for more of what we want. And if we don't want all of this tension and stress and anxiety and all these things, like we have to like, lighten that load and not take it so seriously so that we can get more peace and more self-love. And I feel like that's just such an important piece of the self-love process is to like be silly once in a while, lighten up. Don't take yourself so seriously all the time. Yeah. There's always some, there's, there's always shadow. Shadow's always going to be there. There's always going to be something that we get to love on and clear and shed and, and all of that, because that's just the way it goes. Life is, there's no, there's no in destination. There's always more that we get to uncover and work through. So when we can just lighten up and just realize like, there's all, there's always going to be something. So can I just have some fun in this whole process? And can I just, can I just stop taking it so seriously? I get to treat it with respect and sacredness. There's such a difference with seeing life and, and all of your stories and your parts and your, like your things that are just like cringy and you hold that with sacredness Mm. and reverence and appreciation. And from this lens of, I want to understand you. I want to love you. I want to, I want to see what you're here showing me more about myself and when we can see it from that space, rather than being so serious and like, this is like, oh man, this is going to be hard. And I'm like, I'm not looking forward to this and just, and just like so aggressive. And so it's just like, I got to go in there and I got to fix this and I got to change this. There's such a difference and you can go about it that way. And I, and I watch people do that and it's just a lot of work. It's not fun. And I've even gone into my spaces and my, my processes from those places. So I have to, I have to check myself like Carrie back up. Yes. It's like, stop taking this so seriously. Let's just, you know, it's okay. This is beautiful. And I, and, and it's all good. It's all going to, it's all like, we're going to figure this out. And, um, and then it just, and then that's when like the energy just kind of lightens and, and when we can go throughout our life and in our, in our process of, of going deeper into self-love, that's so much more fun to go from that space and go. It is. And, and navigate our ability to, to understand ourselves more. One of my favorite words, and I may have even said it on your podcast before, but it's literally one of my favorite words, intimate. And when you break that word down into me, see intimacy, intimacy with ourselves is not about just the like rainbow and sunshine. It's going into the depths of our shadow into like the dense darkness of all that we are and going into that and truly seeing ourselves. And when we can go to those spaces, the level of self-love and understanding of who we are is like, it's unshakable. You, you become so rooted and like grounded into the knowingness of all that you are and this acceptance of that. And that becomes magnetic because then you like, you have, you give off this energy 
of acceptance and, and love and devotion to yourself. And people are drawn to that. It feels like a breath of fresh air of like, I get to be all of who I am. I don't have to be different. I don't have to put on all these masks and like, and act a certain way or be a certain way because that's what people are expecting me to be. And I can't, I can't be this because like, what does that mean about me? And there's like, that's wrong. And that's, I can't fully accept all of me. And so when you're, when you're not only is that like beneficial for yourself, but others like appreciate that. And then they get a relax into deeper self-love because they are, they're feeling that energy off of you. And it just feel, it's just like helps them to release the judgment or the expectation of them to be a certain way. And they get to just be. Mm -hmm. I feel like intimacy as you describe as in to me, I see in case you guys didn't catch that. It's like really turning inward. That is such a beautiful part of self-love but also in my eyes, so necessary when we talk about something that maybe some people are feeling today or this month or at any point in time, quite honestly, in the space of heartache and heartbreak. And that's loneliness. I think loneliness comes from a lot of different areas, but especially from a lack of self-intimacy. That aspect, that connection with self is when you're not willing to go deeper with yourself, you feel lonely because loneliness is really just the belief. I've never thought of it like this before. So stick with me. Loneliness is the belief that I need something outside of myself to make me feel whole. And we feel these gaps within ourselves when we don't believe, when we believe that that we need something outside of ourselves that makes us feel lonely. Oh, everybody else is out on a Friday night. I'm lonely. Oh, everybody else is out on Galentine's Day or with their partner having romantic candlelit dinners. I'm lonely. And I really think it's this opportunity at that time when you think, when you buy into the BS loneliness belief, let that be information, data, um, just information that you really, it's a call for self-love. That's all it is. And that's really, I really think that. Well, and what's so wild about it too, is also the, the women and the men that are with a partner and still feel lonely. Great point. With, with my ex-husband where we would literally be on a date and I would feel so lonely. Mm. And yeah, or I would be in a crowded room with friends and I would feel so lonely. So it doesn't, it's, it, it's, it's like loneliness is not only if you're physically alone in a space, you can feel lonely, deep, deep, deep loneliness, even in the presence of other. And so when you realize that it's like, it has nothing to do with a person being with you. Loneliness is an internal feeling that we have created within ourselves. And what is the, how has it been created with this unconscious decision to disconnect? And, and so we're either disconnecting with ourselves or we're disconnecting with the people that we're with, which ultimately we're disconnecting with ourselves. And so really what we're desiring is this connection and it starts here. It starts with like, with this relationship and connection with yourself. And when we have that, when we've truly cultivated that, 
And it's not just in those moments when we're feeling lonely. It's in all the days and all the ways when we're, when we're creating that conscious connection with ourselves and creating that relationship with ourselves, it doesn't matter where we are or who we're with that loneliness will not exist anymore. Mm, I can tell you that I felt this, that truth so deeply right now, because it brought me back to this moment in time where I had gotten divorced and everybody wanted me to move back to Michigan because that's where my family and friends were. And I said, no, I'm going to stay in California. And I didn't know why at the time, other than this sunshine and this like masculine energy of like, I'm going to just figure it out (laughs) on my own. It was really that like ego driven part. But I realized through the healing process, there was this switch one day where I was sitting all by myself on Mm -hmm. my couch and I had been invited to go out with friends. And I mean, at this point I had done a lot of healing and people, and and I was feeling, feeling really good with myself. And I, for the first time, I think ever in my life said, I don't want to go out tonight. I just want to stay in. Now my ego in the future would have sent red flags, like fire would have been coming out my ears. Like, are you kidding me? You're not, you're, you're not going to go out on a Friday night with people who want to be with you. You're a loser. You're low. You must be really lonely. And it was like, I, for the first time ever in my life, didn't feel lonely with myself. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I just created so much permission and choice through this love for myself there. At that point, there was just deep sense of self-love. So, so authentic that I didn't need to say yes to anything in my life that didn't feel like I wanted to do. And it was, it was just really, really unreal to get to that point where I was like, oh, my future self would be like, you're something wrong with you. It's Friday night. Come on. We live for Fridays. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so liberating when you can really truly rest in the, the ability to be alone and not be afraid of that. It's so And what's interesting to observe, just because you brought this up at the beginning, that I'm not somebody who watches TV, I'm not on social media, um, and and that hasn't always been the case. There's been a deep connection into all of those realms and, and, and those avenues. And what I've realized is that it's not necessarily like inherently bad. There's lots of really beautiful things about being entertained by a TV show or um, getting on social media and creating some content and um, and having uh, connections in that way. But the thing is, is that it's it's not a true connection. And so there's there's a delusion there. And, and a lot of people can get addicted to trying to get the connection, just like when I shared about how I was trying to get um, respect and, and validation outside of me. And it was through a distorted way. And I was never actually getting what I really, truly needed. Yeah. And um, and so it's the same thing with social media. We go on there with this deep need to feel connected and we don't, we never get the fix. It's like, we might for a second feel connected because we're having a conversation with somebody, but then it, it's fleeting. Then we need to get on there again and we're, or on dating sites. That was another thing that I would notice. I was like always on the dating sites when I was, when I was single and just like trying to get that connection and that validation. And, and it never, it never actually met the need. And so a lot of times we can feel really lonely and we try to go to these sources and it's just a lot of noise and it's not true connection. 
And so my invitation for people who are feeling like, oh shit, that's totally me. I resonate with that. Like I'm feeling that is to do the most uncomfortable thing and cut it out. Yeah. Cut the noise. Be with the uncomfortableness. And I did that at one point. I I was working with a relationship coach and she was like, what if you got off of the, what if you got off of the dating sites? I'm like, oh, I could totally do that. I'm not, I didn't think that I had such a, a need for it. Yeah. Um, and when I took myself off, oh, like the uncomfortableness, I'm like, I like I felt I felt angry. I'm like, I just want to just get that connection, but it wasn't true connection. And I and I just I was trying to like meet that loneliness need as well by like by being on these like superficial, not real true connection experiences. And so when I took it all away, it was super uncomfortable for me. And even with social media, like there was a lot of boundaries that I had created around it. And it's been almost two years now. And it took a minute for me to like really work through all the pieces of like, holy shit, I feel like I'm missing out. Like I'm not connected to everyone. And so that FOMO was really real. And I had to work through all of that and really be with all the pieces of me and parts of me that were like, I need, like, I need this. And now it's like, I, well, like I couldn't imagine being back on it. I would, if, if spirit calls me to go there, I'll do it someday. It doesn't, it's not calling me now, but yeah, just clearing out all the noise. The more stillness, as scary as that is for that lonely part, that's actually the medicine that it needs because mm. there's there's so much noise out there and it's not the true essence of connection that you're really wanting to really meet that lonely part. And so the more that you're with the lonely part, and so it may get kind of ugly where you're just like, you're crying and you just like feel the depths of your loneliness and you get to be with that. That's when we start really creating that, that connection and start meeting that need because the loneliness just wants to be accepted and it just wants to be felt and seen. And once you start doing that, then you're, cause it's so scary. It's like, I don't want to actually fully feel this. I'm going to try to like avoid it in any way possible by going out on Friday night or um, getting on social media or getting on a dating site. And it now it's like, it's still like lingering. It's still back there. It's like, oh, no matter how many conversations I have or, or like things that I do, I still feel it. So it's like, be with it, like fully be with it. And as you do that, it will start to soften. And I'm speaking from experience because holy schmoly, I felt the depths of loneliness for years. Oh yeah. And it was connect with, with myself. And that's why I felt so lonely. That stillness and slowness and silence. There's so much self-love waiting to be available in that space. There's just like a hub waiting to be tapped into. But like you said, there's sometimes just so many distractions and so much noise and so much of the energy that's just not for you. That is, it's almost like it's creating this barrier around your self-love center. And until you can like remove those blockades, you won't be able to access that center. I wanted to ask you to talk maybe a little bit about, so you were divorced a long time ago and had two kids and you're, you've become really good at co-parenting for, oh, four kids. <laughs> I knew you had more than that. I knew you did yeah. have more than that. I forgot. <laughs> um, my, my womb space wants the four recognized. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, ah, uh, this held four whole beings. Yes. Yeah. And so you, you did that. And then recently... I mean, it's been, it's been a while, it's been a minute, but recently you got engaged. 
So I know that I just wrapped so much of your life into two seconds and it's been like decades, right? And you've talked about your divorce on other podcasts and you've talked about your co-parenting on other podcasts and things like that. But this new element of, you know, you've even talked about finding your lover on past podcasts and what your, your, your connection means. But can you talk about a little bit how much self-love, what that looked like, what that felt like? kind of felt like one end of the spectrum to the now spectrum and how you really cultivated the importance of self-love, I guess is what I'm getting at. The importance of cultivating that self-love so you could take yourself from your past relationship into your now. I know how deep and juicy and amazing. I don't know because I'm not in it, but from what you shared with me, I can feel the depths of that relationship now. So can you talk a little bit about how self-love plays into that spectrum of, of, of a life? Oh my goodness. Wow. Like as you were just reflecting all that back to me, I was literally like having flashes of like, it's been, I was, if somebody's good at math, I was 19 when I got married and I'm 44 right now, almost 45. So how how many years is that? Like a lot. It's good. Like 20 20 some. Yeah. (laughs) We're not mathematicians. A lot of years. And so just like, I literally went through this, like, flash of from 19 when I got married and who I was and the literal lack of, I had no idea who I was. I was, I was a little girl um, and definitely did not have a lick of self-love. Um, and, uh, and now just moving to today and, and who I am and, and all that I've navigated throughout that process. Um, whew, yeah, that was like really, that was really powerful to just like go through that. Um, just so you know, I felt that flash too. It's really strange. It felt like a paintbrush kind of like flew over. As I said, like from then to now, it just felt like this yeah. painting of a flash flew through. So I feel that with you. Yeah. And I'm I'm like feeling this, this immense amount of gratitude. Um, I was going to say full, like yeah. fullness. Yeah. It's just like, it feels like that going from this, this little girl to just a wise woman. Um, Mm. I'm just so, so thankful for that, for this moment right now to just like, just be able to feel that. Um, yeah. So, um, your question was basically just kind of, um, what was it like from that relationship to this relationship as far as, um, self-love is that kind of, and really what it, what self-love played, the role that it played in developing this wise woman that is sitting before me now that feels all of that. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, it's such a, it's such a, pro, it was such a process for me personally of just having this devotion and commitment to myself and, mm. and understanding what are the pieces and parts of me that I get to love on and I get to create pattern disrupts and change within myself and take, I say this all the time, radical ownership and responsibility because I am, I did not have control over a lot of things that happened to me in my life. And like, that is what it is, but I do have a responsibility to work the parts and pieces that created trauma and pain and stories and patterns within myself from those things that happened to me. And that's where my power is. And when I don't do that, I'm now, I will always be, and we will always be a victim of what happened to us. But when we can take that responsibility of, yes, this happened and I didn't have control over that, or maybe you did and you still chose it and, you know, like own that. Um, But 
when we take that responsibility and we start like really being with all that happened to us and, um, and owning, owning the shift and change and the healing that is required for us to, to show up different and experience life different. That's where the juice and magic happens. And in this deep intimacy with yourself. So you start understanding yourself and you understand like why you show up this way and why you're attracting these things. And then life is not a mystery anymore and yourself. And that's where you have this power. You just, you get it. Like, you know, I know why I'm doing that because like X, Y, and Z happen. And now I'm taking responsibility and I'm changing that. And I'm, I'm not, I'm choosing today to create this boundary. And so it's like, it's that process. Yeah. And then also tuning into what are my gifts? Like, what are the things that just like, that are just so beautiful about myself that I love? And I'm going to give attention to that. I'm going to, I'm going to magnify that. And I'm going to really honor that. I'm going to celebrate that within myself as Ooh. women in particular, men will do this as well, but I notice this a lot with women we will downplay our gifts. Yeah. We'll down- like some of our superpowers and the things that we're just like really good at. And, and why, what are we doing? Like, stop doing that. We need to celebrate ourselves. We should celebrate ourselves first and foremost before anybody else does. Yes. And, and, and so just really celebrating that, not from a place of ego, because there's such a difference. And we know, we know when people are in that place and that's actually coming from a fear-based place and from a place of lack when somebody's really egoic and just really kind of cocky about themselves. It's yeah. Not- the, kind of like, look at me, look at me, look what I did. Like almost like when you have, when you go to work and you have to tell somebody all the things that you did to validate yeah. that you actually did something versus just being seen in all that all that has happened as a result of you sharing your gifts. Such a difference. And we know the difference. You can feel it it in somebody when they're just like celebrating. They're just like, I love myself and I'm so proud of myself. I did this thing. And I just like, holy schmoly, like, ah, like I'm just celebrating myself. And then the person who's just wanting so badly to be seen and to be validated. And they're just like, they're just full, they're full of themselves, but really at a, at a deep level, at the core level, they're lacking and they're so insecure. So it's not that it's not a celebration from that space. But when we start really focusing on and giving celebration to like the beautiful things about ourselves, the uniqueness that we bring to this world and the gifts that we bring, we magnify it because remember whatever you give your attention to and whatever, whatever you're embodying, you're going to be, you're going to magnetize more of that and you're going to experience more of that. So giving our attention to that is going to just, just magnify more and it's going to create a deeper self-love and a respect for ourselves and, and just, uh, like a friendship. Like, Ooh, I love that. That friendship, friendship with yourself. Yeah. So, so be your, your number one cheerleader. celebrate you. I love to celebrate myself when I do something super scary or when I do something really well. And it's like, yeah, good job, Carrie. I like, wow, I'm so proud of myself for doing that. I was scared or wow, I did that so good. I have such a gift with that. And, and really, really shedding light on that because you'll receive more of it. More of it will come in. So like that journey of doing both of those 
There was such a, a balance, not necessarily throughout the whole process of balancing my shadows and being with them and owning them and taking responsibility of them. And then also honoring my gifts there, there was a, there was like a, sometimes it was a more of like owning the shadows and really, really being with all the parts and pieces of myself that are just really tripping me up and that I have a lot of shame around that I don't really want to look at. Sometimes it was like, I was deep in that. And then sometimes it was like, it was just celebration, you know, just, wow, Mm. holy schmoly. I am so amazing. And I'm just loving on myself and I'm appreciating myself. And then sometimes there was like a full balance of the two. So it really is a dance. It's not a matter of like only this or only this or both of these always. It's it's a it's a dance of all of that. And as you do that, you're going to that dance is going to settle you deeper, deeper, deeper into true, true, unconditional self-love with yourself. Mm, I love that description of that dance. It, I, I can feel that swayingness and that flowiness of what that feels like. And what you just described to me was just like intentional inclusion. I just kept hearing a voice say, include me, include inclusion, 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 and including all parts of you. It goes back to acceptance, right? Including and accepting all those parts, especially when we don't even notice that they're there. And then we're feeling kind of down on ourselves. And we notice that if there's that need again, to be able to include all of that is such deep self-love. And gosh, I was thinking this morning, because I knew this was the topic we were going to be talking about. I was thinking about um, maybe people that I've come along in my life's journey where I've been like, oh man, like, do I really have to keep loving you? That's really, you're making it really hard to love you, but like, you're a person that I probably like, I want to keep loving you, even though you're making it really hard. But then when I think about that in relation to myself, of like, I want to keep loving you, but you're making it really hard because you're saying really mean things to yourself and you're surrounding yourself with people that aren't that supportive or are negative or don't have what you need to support you. And thinking along the lines of that celebration, it's like when I think of people that I deeply, deeply love, that love means that's the kind of love like I would I would do almost anything for you, that unconditional love. Like I would do anything for you. Even those moments, like I would even do things for you that I don't really enjoy. Sometimes we do things for people that we love deeply that we don't enjoy. And the way that translates to self-love is I have a lot of goals for the new year. I know people listening to this have vision boards and goals, or they're just like holding on to like ideas of things that they want to proclaim and become a magnet for. And sometimes we have to do things that we don't enjoy for ourselves, for ourselves. And sometimes we don't enjoy sitting in the quiet. And sometimes we don't enjoy, we don't think we're going to enjoy slowing down. Sometimes we don't think that we're going to enjoy going to the gym today. Sometimes we don't think we're going to enjoy doing a social media like detox or like stepping away from that. But we do those things because it's back to like, I would do anything for you. And when I say that to myself, like I would do anything for you, that is so like, that's true love for yourself. And so if people are bumping up against things that they just like, they don't want to do, but it's like, step into that. I do anything for you mode. That's self-love space, you know? Yes. Yes. And what ends up, what ends up like happening, and it's almost kind of like a little plot twist when we do those things 
that we don't love, or we look at some of the shadows, like the things that we're just like, oh, that's cringy and crunchy. And I don't want to look at that because it feels uncomfortable. And I don't like that about myself. When we, when we choose, like, I will do anything for you. And I will go into these spaces and I will, I will go into these places within our, myself. What ends up happening is that what was our darkness and what was like our trauma and our pain now becomes our superpower. So it's like, when we go in there and we do these things, we actually, end up transmuting them. If we go deep enough in them and we fully immerse ourselves into all of it to understand it and to love it and see it from a new lens rather than like, this is something that is bad for me or feels uncomfortable for me or that like happened to me. And we can, when we can truly drop into those spaces because we're love, we love ourselves and we're, we'll do anything for ourselves. When we do, what ends up happening is we end up kind, we end up seeing that there's wisdom, there's power, there's power passion, there's purpose within it. And that now we come forward on the other side of it. And instead of it being our shame, it becomes our message. It becomes something that like is our passion. It's something that we go out and we speak about and we create a change in the world because there's no way that any more people are going to, that this is going to happen to more people. So I'm going to shed awareness and light on this. And I'm going to let this be my message. I'm going to help people move through their pain of it. And, and then it's like, oh, wow, what was something that was so ugly and gross about myself is now something that is like, it's my mission. I'm out here like you. So then it's like, wait, oh my gosh, like this is, this has always been here for me. Like this thing that was like, so like yucky and I didn't want to look at it. There was an opportunity inside of it that like was going to expand me and grow me into like a more magnificent human that shows up in this world that serves and has so much to give from that. So that's the gift that's within all of the pieces and parts of ourselves that we don't want to look at is this opportunity for it to come forward and actually become our superpower. Ooh, wow. People whom you know who are like, oh my gosh, like this person, like, ooh, I have so much respect for them. I have so much, like, they have so much wisdom. I I can guarantee a hundred percent of them, they have a crazy story of something that they had to navigate, some type of pain that was like, what? Like, wow, you experienced that? You went through that? And and like, you're here now, I promise you that pain is actually what brought them to that and brought them to that space of be able to show up the way that they do in some yeah. form or way because they were willing to look at it. Yes. Oh, this is so good. I wanted to bring this topic forward today specifically because I think that sometimes self-love gets lost in this space of well, just buy yourself the flowers, buy yourself the candy, yeah. take a bubble bath with candles tonight. Like, and I shouldn't use that voice because I don't want to be condescending. I think it's, I also think it's absolutely fine to treat yourself and take care of yourself in those ways. I, I do believe in, I think that's great. But what we wanted to share here today with you guys is that self-love is so much deeper than any little treasure or trinket that you could buy yourself at the store that's in the you know seasonal aisle. It's so much deeper than any amount of bubbles you could pour into a bubble bath. You can't pour enough bubbles in to find 
that deep, meaningful intimacy and connection that is there, that is you. And so I was wondering if you have any self-love practices beyond bubble baths that you use um, or or used to use to navigate the, the self-love space. Well, I feel like yeah, using there's there's like the typical things like going for a hike and just really really doing things that just make me feel so connected and just makes me feel happy and I love that and I'll buy my flower my self flowers my flowers over by my all um and so it's like those things those are pretty like oh yeah I mean we all know that we all know to do that and and sometimes there's value to that and then there's other times where we're literally pre- play, uh, spraying perfume on shit like there's like you but really down true like medicine is is to just let yourself be in a puddle of sadness on the floor and just rocking yourself and just fully feeling the depths of your loneliness like that's self-love yes don't go, don't go by the like buy the flowers if that like if that just feels like I that feels so good for me and it's just gonna make me feel so in love with myself and so connected to myself absolutely do that but if you're doing that because you're like I'm feeling lonely and I'm just gonna like so and so said I need to just like take a bath and I need to buy the flowers you're spraying perfume on shit like just be with shit just be with it it's not gonna go away yeah that's true self-love being with what is right here right now in each moment no matter what it is, whether it's you're like on a hike and you feel so connected to mother nature and to yourself and you just feel so loved and taken care of. And, and it just, ah, I'm just breathing in love into my, into my body. Like that's beautiful. And self-love is also like screaming in the car, like letting yourself feel the rage of like what, what happened to you when you were three years old. And like, and that's just like, it's not fair. And I'm just going to scream and I'm just going to fully let my body feel and express this trauma that's trapped in my body. That's self-love too. That so is... self-love to me is like, it's all like all of it, but being with what is here right now in this moment, being in integrity with it and fully, fully honoring it in whatever way that it wants to be honored. Mm, that is, that is everything. That is everything. Yeah. I, uh, I know that sometimes I used to write love letters to myself when I didn't feel loved. I it, it's a form of journaling too. It's a form of processing your emotions, but I would let myself cry and be sad about it and and I would hold myself. I would literally wrap my wrap my arms around myself and squeeze and squeeze tighter and squeeze higher on my arms or lower on myself and put my hands over my heart and I would breathe into my sad, lonely heart. I would just breathe into that and I would envision my heart growing. Like, you know, the Grinch and how it like on the Grinch who stole Christmas, it like grows and grows and grows. That day is his heart just grew bigger and bigger. I sometimes used to envision that of my heart feeling so small and just with every breath, allowing it to like fill up beat a little bit bigger, 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 bigger. And it didn't mean that I went into, into instant joy. And all of a sudden I'm like, look at me world. Hey, here I am. But it was like, wow, I feel safe again. Wow. I feel a little more whole. I feel a little more complete. And if we can lean into those moments, you're right. I think self-love is just waiting to be had right there in that self-love center. 
Yeah, it truly is. It's a, it's a relationship with yourself and you think about your other relationship dynamics and, and maybe somebody in particular where you're like, wow, I just really have a deep relationship and connection with this person. And, and when you think of that relationship, hopefully there's like a radical acceptance of them to be able to be where they are. Like if they're in a sadness, not, you're not like, this is inconvenient for me. You need to not be sad. Let's just go and like, let's just go and play. No, you're going to be there with them. Like, Oh, like, tell me, tell me all about what you're feeling. And I'm, I'm here for you. What, what do you need from me? When you do that with a friend or a lover, it's like, can you do that with yourself? So you're not, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to bypass what your lover or your friend is experiencing just because it's, it's not convenient for you in that moment. You're going to be there for them. And so do that same for you. It starts Mm. first. And then as you do that, your capacity to be able to show up for others and then also have this, this unconditional, uh, like you don't have the expectation or attachment to people being certain ways. Like they get to be exactly where they are because you're starting with yourself first. Like when you do that with yourself, you have this ability to have radical acceptance of others, not, not bad behaviors. What ends up happening too, is then you have these boundaries like a motherfucker. So you're like, I am unavailable for you being disrespectful to me or for this conversation to happen right now. So it's not about just like allowing anything and everything to be in your field, but you're, you have this ability to allow people to be exactly where they are. Yeah. So good for yourself and for others. And it's just, and then it ripples out and then they feel that. And then it just, it becomes this beautiful chain of, of um, like acceptance that just mm. that ripples out throughout because you're fully accepting of yourself. I love this conversation so much. And I wasn't sure if we were going to go here, but now I'm going to bring us here because we were talking about (laughs) something pretty personal to me um, before we jumped on. And I think that I didn't realize when we were talking about it, that what I was really talking about was actually an element of self-love, an element of acceptance. And so what I was sharing with Carrie, Carrie earlier is that And she's very, very good at helping people heal deep um, emotional wounds that are popping up as physical ailments. And so I was sharing with Carrie. So if if you're having this pop up, first of all, you just need to call her, book a call and go through her energetic healing session. I probably just need to do that. That's probably what needs to happen. Um, but what happened is my, I was telling Carrie that my knee has been flaring up. It hasn't happened in about 20 years. I've got fluid around it. It's so painful. And the doctors are baffled. They they have MRIs and x-rays and all these things. And they're just like, well, we can't operate on something, something that's inoperable. Cause I was literally like, Hey, go in, take the kneecap out, put a new one in. Let's freaking go. I need to run. I need to row. I need to hike. I need to like, I need to weight lift. I need to do all the things that I used to do where I'm going to feel like a crazy person. You know, I'm feeling like a crazy person because I can't do all the physical things. So, but they said, no, we can't operate on you. We need like, you need to just go to physical therapy and, and strengthen the, the muscles above the knee and below the knee and just take your time with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. That's really how I've been feeling about it. But I knew deep down that there was something more. Like I know energetically and emotionally from doing this work for the past couple of years that 
there is something more to this. And so I, that's what I shared with Carrie and she shared with me, I'll let you share the meaning of like the right, it's, it's on my left knee. So the left knee and the left side of my body, can you share a little bit about what we, what we talked about? Yeah. The left side of the body is, um, the feminine. And so that's going to be typically our relationships with the feminine, our relationships with ourselves, because the feminine is about inward. So it could be a relationship with uh, like an actual woman. It could be our relationship with the energy of the feminine. Um, it could be a relation, like our relationship with ourselves because we are the feminine. Um, and even a man, it could be his relationship with his feminine. The right side is the masculine. So it could be a relationship with like your father or um, like a coworker that's, that's masculine. It could be our relationship with the masculine. Um, it could be our relationship with the doing because the, the, um, the masculine is all about doing and um giving the relate the feminine is about being and receiving and so um so it was on your left side which is the feminine and you were like oh yeah 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 and uh and the knee is all about moving forward because our knees are what actually moves us forward so if we're having issues with our knees there's a part of us that's like feeling like we're not able to move forward and um and so when we start tuning into that and just realizing that there are no accidents when it comes to um, uh, like uh, physical pain, physical injuries, um, physical, uh, their sickness that's in our body. All of that is a manifestation of something that has been trying to be in your field and show you, hey, this is something you get to look at. Because um, remember, we're energetic beings. We are vibrational beings. And so if energy gets stuck and it isn't looked at and moved, it will manifest in physical form in our bodies. Because it's just the way it goes. Energy needs to move. It cannot be stagnant. And that's why we get a lot of disease in our body and we get a lot of physical like pain and, and injuries in our bodies because people are not looking at their stuff and they're not processing their emotions or some of their stories that they're getting into. And it's just, it's getting energy that's trapped in our bodies and it'll come, it'll manifest in, in injuries. Now you had mentioned to me, and this really resonated, you had mentioned that you've been witnessing um, all over the place. And you, the way you said it was, I've been seeing women, like powerful women be literally physically not like knocked to their knees, trying to be masculine. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm noticing a lot of powerhouse women have some physical injuries in their body and knees in particular. And so, and it's interesting that it's these powerhouse women. I mean, they are just, they're badass. You're one of them. And they just, they, they're doing such powerful work out there. And a lot of it is from this masculine energy and just knowing the history of the, um, from the matriarch to the patriarch. So there was this time where women were like, we were in a lot of power and we got taken out of that power and it became this patriarch um dynamic and so men were very much in the power and we all of our power got taken away i mean i you could go into all the histories of like witches and just like and then just like the um just the the taking away of like women being able to have rights and being able to and we're still working through that you know there still is an imbalance 
But women have been coming into their masculine because they really were like a lot of their power was taken away when they were in their feminine. And Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't, it wasn't a a divine. It was, it was a lot of distortion. Um, There wasn't a divine feminine, a divine masculine, which is where we ultimately want to get to. And, um, and so, and I'm, I'm saying this as like women in, in, in physical women bodies, but we all have the, all the feminine, we have all the masculine, the men have the masculine, the men have the feminine. But when it comes to like, uh, an, an, a woman in a, a female form, um, there's a lot of fear around fully being in our feminine because of the history that is literally in our tissues and our DNA of how we have been treated when we were in our feminine. And so there's a fear to fully land in that. And there's a need to, to come into our masculine to kind of meet the masculine. And so we've been doing that. And there's some really powerful shifts that have happened women have made some, some powerful progress, but at a cost because we do not thrive the best in our masculine, especially when it's from a distorted masculine, which is very hustly. It's very like, I've got to work and I've got to do all these things. And, and it's exhausting. It's not where we are in our zone of genius. We thrive being in our creative energy and our flow and our surrender and our being and our intuition in our inspired action. So it doesn't mean we just like, we do nothing and we just like lay around and like just surrender. We're still, we are so powerful when we're in our feminine and we are, we are taking this inspired action rather than this place from hustle and grind. And so what I'm noticing is a lot of powerhouse women are being physically like knocked down to like slow down. Because we won't unless we are put in a position of almost like your hands are tied behind your back. Like, listen, your body is saying like, listen, if you're not going to do it on your own, I'm going to force you to do it. Yeah. Because, and I told Carrie, just so you guys have a little bit of background, I told her, before we were just catching up for like two hours before our podcast, just hanging out with each other. Cause that's what we like to do. And I told her, um, you know, my word for this year is light and lighten up. And I said, because last year, and this is before you guys, before I even told her about my knee issues. And before I even know, knew any of this, I told her because I've just felt suffocated by 2022 being so much in my masculine. I've only been in my masculine. And then she shared this whole thing about everything she just shared with you guys. And I went, aha, aha. So we talked a little bit about um, healthy feminine. Can you talk a little bit about healthy masculine? Because the other thing you told me was like, it's not now, okay, now just go all be feminine again. Because I tried that approach too for a while. And then I was like craving a little bit of masculinity, but I swayed all the way masculine. So now it's about finding this beautiful um, balance or partnership with healthy feminine and healthy masculine. So it's not distorted masculine and healthy feminine or distorted feminine and healthy masculine. So can you describe a little bit of healthy masculine traits? Yeah, the masculine is really beautiful because um, it creates it's this it's this ability to have discipline. Um, it, mm. You can create it like structure. The feminine is 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 the water. It's just like it just it just flows. And if there isn't a bank to be able to like create the the to, to like direct the flow, then it's just going to be this like whole body of water. It's not gonna there isn't going to be any direction. So the the masculine it's not about once again it's it's not about completely like 
annihilating our masculine energy. It's about finding a healthy balance and being able to find the divine masculine and the gift of the masculine that, that the powerhouse women have in them and being able to like learn how to work with both of those energies. And, and it's similar to what I was sharing about like this process of self-love that you get to have this dance with it when you're in your shadow and like really truly being there. And then we get to be in our celebration. And sometimes it's a balance. Sometimes there's a little more than the other. There's this flow and there's this dance that's created that with, with this, process of self-love. It's the same thing with our relationship with the divine feminine, the divine masculine, when there are times where it's important to have some structure and to have some discipline and like take action, make decision. Um, and that's when you take that inspired action. So it's not about like hustle, hustle, hustle. I need to have this schedule and I need to be like strict with it and I need to do all the things. And, um, so it's, it's really about like having a lot more trust and surrender to the flow of life and being able to know when, like when it's time to flow forward. So, um, like the flow and then the ebb and to pull back and to just surrender and just trust and know that, okay, it's time for me to be in the stillness and to be in this rest and to be in the listening so that I can hear what direction to go next. And so there isn't, it's not a consistent. So a lot of times the masculine is like on Monday, I do this on Tuesday, I do this on Wednesday, I do this. And it needs to be consistent. There's a consistency, but it's a different consistency. So it's a consistency with the intuitive um, hits and nudges and the consistency to be with what is in this moment, like a devotion and a commitment to that. So there's, um, it's, it's a lot of like throwing out the schedule and like, and not completely there, there gets to be a structure and a foundation to whatever it is. Like I'm, I'm thinking in particular about a business, but it can be applied to anything. Um, when you're wanting to embody more of your feminine, um, it could even be in your relationship. Like how, like, do you create structure of like, we have sex on this day and then we have date night on this day. And then we do like, so you could have your masculine put into, into your relationship too. It's like, can you create some more like flow and some more, um, presence to be with like, what's here right now. And I get to be fully with that mm. right now. And, um, and then just like be with what's, the, what's arising. Yeah. And there's the level, like what's, what's needed in that place that's lacking when you're in the distortion of the masculine is trust. It's like trusting yourself, trusting spirit, trusting the process and the surrendering, realizing that you are not controlling it. You are, you're like, you're like a piece that's flowing with it and you get to flow with it. And you also get to make choice. It doesn't mean that you're just like, I'm just like flowing because then you need that structure. Like you get to create choice on, do I actually want to do this? And, um, and then when you do, you flow with that energy and then you create and you manifest and you do all the things and then, and then it can be like an ebb and then I come back. So I don't have any, I, I don't have like a structure of, I create this on this day. I do this on this day. I, I mean, I have like, I have a structure of like, these are the days that I'll, I'll work as far as taking clients. Um, yeah. but then I create so much space for play, for conversations like this, that we can have so that I can have like this kind of a, a co-creation together. So there's such a, I have such a different way that I run my business that is so different than the typical 
ways that like business people will tell you to do it. And it's thriving and it's so fun and yeah. it feels so spacious. And um, yeah, like it's like, it's almost kind of like I'm, it's like my business is a thing. I'm not creating it. It's like, there's a relationship there and we're like co-creating together. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. As I'm like sharing that, I'm like, oh, wow. I've never actually realized that, that like, there's, there's like a relationship that I have with it and it's a co-creation with it. I'm not creating, I'm not controlling it and creating it together. We're creating. Oh, absolutely. And you've, and but you've done so much, you've been so committed to creating that intimacy and connection and self-love within yourself so that you are open and available to co-creating and nurturing that flow, which is so beautiful. Um, The last piece kind of of what we kind of uncovered through these physical ailments was the one of the things that came up for me was stop letting blank define you. Like, and then Carrie said, you know, well, what, what, what's in the blank? And I said, it's a lot of things like stop letting, um, your stop letting your definition of strength define you stop letting your physical body define you stop letting all these things define you. And you really talked a lot about like, I'm none of it. And I'm all of it. Just be, can you share on that piece of it? Yeah, this like this piece is something that's like that's pretty commonly talked about in in spiritual communities and different spiritual leaders. So um, it can feel kind of a little cliche that we're everything and we're nothing. And maybe somebody's never heard that before. And never right. like, what the makes sense? And it doesn't make sense to the ego because the ego is literally wired and created to create identities and like boxes of like, this is who Heidi is. This is who Carrie is. And we define ourselves by the work that we do, the roles that we're in, um, the physique that we have, uh, like the health, like everything. We're like the emotional state, the mental state. We define ourselves by all of these things. And that's the great illusion is that we are are none of this at a soul level. We are like, we're just that we're playing a game. We're playing like if you, and I use the analogy to you of a video game. If you, if you are sitting and playing a video game and, um, you would never say I am the, the player, like I'm, I, you know, I'm the, what, what are they called? Um, is that what it's called? The player? Like, the, yeah, sure. I don't, I like never play games, but I'm like, I don't know. People are like your avatar, your player, your, yeah. You're just like avatar, the, yeah. the little person there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Shows how much I play video games. I know. Same. Yeah. Same. It's like a specific word, but anyways, yeah. The, like the, the, the character, that's what oh. I wanted to say. Like you would, as the, as the person who's playing the game, you would never say I'm that care. I'm the character. No, you're playing the character, but you are not the character and everything that the character experiences, like you're a part of it. You're, there's a creation of that, but you are none of that. You aren't any, you aren't any of the game. You aren't the character. You aren't the things that happen to the character. It's just the things that the character's experiencing as you're playing the game. So I love that analogy because it's like, it helps us to pull back from this dense 3D experience of like, this is meant to feel really real. Like this whole experience, like you're, it's meant to feel like I am this body. I'm in this body. I'm feeling these feelings. I've experienced these things. This is all me. And, and that's on purpose because that's what makes it fun. We like, we like to actually like feel like it's all real. 
And it truly isn't like it's real and it isn't real. There's so many paradoxes to life. It matters and it doesn't matter. So that's why it's like, can we hold this life sacred, but not take it so seriously? Because you are none of this at a soul level. You are connected to all of it. We are all connected. We are all one. We are all aspects of God being in this human experience, playing this game that is so sacred and so beautiful and such a gift and miraculous. It's an honor to be here in these human experience in this particular incarnation, powerful stuff that we're doing right now. And the world is going through some crazy upgrades and, and we're a part of it. We're a part of it and it's intense and it's hard and it's, and it's, it's heavy sometimes, but we get so lost in that we're, we are all of this. Like we are our body, we are our human experience and we're so much more than it. We're, yeah. So when we can release that identity of all of it, it really, it really takes away that like pressure to be anything different, but what you are in this moment, because you are none of it. And And I think that's where that creates that like tension and that, that tight grip on things. When we say like, well, I, I'm a coach and I'm a wife and I'm a mother and I'm a, and I do this. And it's like our, like you told me earlier too, our ego has to, wants to try to create these identities to make ourselves seem like we're valuable, but we're so much more valuable without the grip of identities. And so part of what I'm going to be doing is exploring those identities that my knee is holding on to that's not allowing me to move forward in the way that I want to move forward. And one of the things that just popped up too was it's actually uh, working with so many divorced women. There is, I talked to so many women who feel like they're wearing like the big D on their shirt, like it, this giant D, like what was that? Like the the A, was it like the, the woman who was branded with the scarlet letter? Yeah. The scarlet letter. It's like, it's like a lot of divorced women tell me, and I felt this way, like I was wearing this white shirt with this red D on it everywhere that I went that was just like, I'm divorced. I'm divorced now. I'm divorced. Oh no. What are people going to think? Because I'm divorced. And when you can get to the point where that identity does not block you from moving forward, that is really powerful. And it's a heck of a journey. It's a heck of a ride. And it is, it requires so much intentional, deep connection and self-love. To get to a place of not letting anything define you, that 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 also is an aspect of the divine feminine. Like it just allows whatever is to flow through and there's no attachment or expectation or meaning to it. It's just, it just is. And, and yes, like your soul is here having a human experience and there's certain things that your human is experiencing. So that's real and it doesn't define you. It is just, just like that character on, on the computer. It's like, yeah, like it went through a a tunnel and it got like obliterated. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) It doesn't define you as the player. It's like, okay, start over. Let's go. Okay. Now I know don't go down, down that direction. And so it's that same kind of thing. Like all the things that happen to us, it, it, there's no meaning to it until we give meaning to it. So there's some people who like wear the the badge of divorce with like pride, like, yes, I am a divorced woman and I am liberated. And they just like shout at the rooftops. Like that's the meaning they created to it. 
And so they have like, they, they actually put a lot of value and they put, they, there's like, there's, um, there's almost like a, a, a feeling of pride with that. But then there's somebody else who's like, oh my gosh, I can't let anybody know that this is something I've experienced. What's the difference? It's the same thing. They both had the same thing. It's the meaning that they give to it. So that's, that's where our power is too, is that we, we give meaning to everything. So we have to own that. Like, what meaning am I giving to that? Is that, is that like, is that meaning that I'm giving to that actually benefiting me and for my highest good? Or is that actually holding me back? And what do I need to do if it is holding me back to release that, to forgive myself and let that go or release the meaning? Because I am none of this. I'm none of this. And it's all here to benefit me for my expansion because when we go into like all of our pains and our and our things and our stories and we have this opportunity of having deeper wisdom and understanding of this human experience that we then get to go out and share and once again that becomes your superpower that's why we come here and we do all of this we love to experience so that we can expand our physicality is no different than our spirituality so we when we build a muscle and I've shared this analogy before because I love it so much. We have so many, so many beautiful messages letting us know how this world actually works. But when we build a muscle, we have to rip it and break it down to actually grow it. And it's really uncomfortable. It's painful. We've all done that where we're like, oh, I'm so sore and my muscles hurt so bad. But we know it's for the greater good. I'm going to feel stronger. I'm going to have a bigger muscle. I'm going like, to have like more strength, more, more energy, more, more life and vitality by going through that breakdown. And so it's no different with our spirituality. So when we go into like all of our, our yuckiness and our crunchiness, yuckiness, and I say that like with lightness because it's all beautiful. Yeah. Um, and when we go in that, we have this opportunity for an expansion. But when we get stuck in the meaning and the identity and we get like, we just like create all this resistance and like, and we block ourselves from being able to create the expansion, that's where it gets messy and just uncomfortable and not fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, if anybody was having a problem understanding, I'm none of it, I'm all of it, just turn to that space of what are you allowing the attachments, the expectations and the meanings mm-hmm. to define for you. And, and if you can look at that and go, Oh, okay. I am going to eliminate the attachment to X, Y, Z. I'm going to eliminate the expectation that I've hold, been holding on with X, Y, Z, and I'm going to change or eliminate the meaning I'm making behind XYZ, then you can understand I'm none of it. I'm all of it. It's just like you created that. I I did a podcast called I'm Missing My Ex or something like that. I can't stop missing my ex. And on there, I talked about just that of like, what are you making the missing mean? I miss him. So it means I made a mistake. We should still be together. I miss him. So I'm, I blah, 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 you know, all these things. We, it's that meaning expectation and attachment piece that allows our ego to thrive and our identities to keep us stuck. And if we can go into those spaces and places, man, we can definitely supersize our self-love for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, think about like while you're sharing that, I was thinking about um, people who have lost their job or they've got or they've like they've released a relationship and they didn't want to and they had so much meaning or a mom that like literally her whole identity was like raising her children and then they go off and they do their own things and their families. And now it's like, now who am I? And that's like, that's a, that's a great example of people who have created such an identity and such an attachment to like this role or this job or this relationship. And when, when that like relationship or that, or that job is gone now, who am I? Cause there's so much attachment and so much identity. It creates deep, deep, deep suffering. And then on the flip side, you know, people who have, raise their children and they had a really healthy dynamic. It's like, I love my children and I'm like, I have me too. Like I I'm taking care of myself. And so when their children go off, it's like, ah, I'm so excited for you. And they still have their own life because they haven't put all their eggs in that basket or somebody who loses a job. And wow, that was really painful, but I'm more than my job. So find something else. There's such a difference between those two people. And so that's a great example of realizing the the unhealthiness of creating such an identity and such an attachment to certain things that we feel like like create us because we are we are none of it we are all of it and we are none of it and so when we can release the attachment then when if something is ready to go and it's not going to be a part of our experience anymore it isn't so painful and it isn't so like knock you to your knees <laughs> yeah um, Yeah. Wow. I I feel like this is one of those episodes that I am going to go back and listen to more than one time. And if you're listening, I I know that you're probably going to want to listen to this episode two, three times regularly just to extract all of the elements that we just let loose in here. There's so many avenues that you can go down. And so the other part of that that I will say is both Carrie and I are trained in our own ways of helping you create deeper self-love. And so if you want support and some of these things feel a little vague or a little too deep or a little scary, or they feel however they feel for you, um, and you want to create more intention around it, look in the show notes, get Carrie in your life. You guys know how to find me if you want me in your life or get both of us in your life. Heck, I mean, you'll be on cloud nine. If you get a little bit, a lot of bit of carry, a lot of bit of me, you will, you'll be set for life. I'm, t- I'm telling you what. True. We're pretty awesome. <laughs> pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Pretty good in this department. So on that note, how can people find you? Because I know you're not out there on the social. So how can they get more carry in their life? Yeah, um, definitely. I'll give my email so somebody can email me and we can communicate privately that way. Um, and I do have a website, so I'll, I'll give you my website. I am going to go through a whole upgrade on that because I feel like, um, yeah, it just needs it needs a little refresher on on what it is that I that I offer and how I want to um, create that in the copy. So yeah. there's going to be like an, an upgrade to that this year. Uh, and I do have a, a podcast and my intention is to get on there and create more in my podcast as well. So I'll, I'll give that as um, to you. And that's on YouTube and Spotify, Ignite, Awaken, Expand. And my intention is to get on there and do some more, more podcasts this year in 2023 because it's so fun. 
It is. And that's why I've had you on like a million times, because every time we talk, it's just it blows my mind, honestly, for selfish reasons. If you guys didn't get anything out of it, I don't know what's going on with you. But like, I'm walking away feeling <laughs> this yeah. was for me. This one was for me. No, it's for all of it's for all of us. And the betterment of the collective, which I know both of both you and I are so intentional about is just really helping this world elevate energetically and help others connect as their most authentic true selves. And it's, it's honestly just a, such the greatest gift to have you in my life. I'm so grateful for you and all that you are and all that you do in this world. You inspire me regularly. Um, and so thanks for coming on and sharing this chat today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love you so much, Heidi. I love of you too. Course. Yeah, it's such an honor. And these conversations just flow and there's such a such a beautiful channel and inspiration that comes through. So it's an honor to co-create these conversations with you. And I absolutely adore and love you. So thank you for having me. To those of you listening, go get some carry in your life. You can we'll drop all the notes everywhere. And you guys just go out into the world, shine your light bright, and live a limitless life. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfully be and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember, joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright and live a limitless life.